Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. It's not going to be overnight. We can't just flip a switch and make it better. Um, the reality is that we inherited a system, an immigration system, that was deeply broken. And it's requiring us to actually put it back together in terms of creating a fair um, process that is effective and efficient. But on the root causes piece, what we're looking at is that, you know, frankly, people don't want to leave home, George. I think we have to keep in mind when we're watching the criminal justice system at work, that it was designed to do exactly what it did today. Gun laws helped to enhance the design to allow this verdict to happen today. This country was built on the idea of, of, that white men had a, a, a particular kind of freedom and a particular kind of citizenship that only they have. That gives, you know, from the slave catchers on, the right to inflict violence um, in the name of protecting property. That's like the foundational creation of the United States. What I am concerned about is the precedent this sets for what people will believe that they can do under law when Black Lives Matter protests happen in the future, and that people may use this as an excuse to start going out of state and doing what this teenager did. The, the, the first thing that occurred to me after this ruling is, oh, well, okay, now it's just open season. Like, if, if I'm walking around and, and I'm a white nationalist, you know, coward little kid with an AR-15, and I see somebody drive by with a Black Lives Matter bumper sticker and I feel threatened, I can open fire. Rittenhouse will be the poster child for reactionary white men who want to take the law in their own hands, who want to bring assault weapons to Black Lives Matter's protests, and who think that violence is a legitimate form of political discourse. This is a very very serious problem for activism because now we're being told that someone can cross state lines with a semi-automatic rifle and kill people and say it's self-defense and they have this case to cite. And the thing I tell my students that, you know, the key to an internship is being a good person, a moral citizen. Apparently, you just have to go out and murder people who you disagree with. Black people don't care about race. They care about justice. We, we want justice to be done. This person came outside of his community, armed himself with a legal weapon, and shot two people in the street. There is a, there is a pall of permissiveness towards white violence. Black people know that overall, white people armed with guns patrolling the streets, being allowed to shoot whoever they want to, doesn't work out so well for us. The people who kind of can't see that, who can't see the bigger picture, they're like people who are, who are, who are chewing on rosemary like a cow and like man this rosemary tastes bitter <laughs> and it's like shut up you uncouth idiot it's supposed to go in the soup 
There's right. a whole soup here. There's a whole soup of racism. What we need to worry about is that we have nothing in place legally. We have right. nothing in place culturally or socially to stop the next group of white nationalists, proud boys, MAGA people, whoever they want, to take from this verdict what they want and to use it as permission to attack Black Lives Matter. And Black Lives Matter ain't just black people, as we just saw. Anyone who supports Black Lives Matter should be very afraid tonight. By allowing him to go free and potentially commit other crimes, this jury sent the final and loudest warning to white America about the dangerous rise of white nationalist terror in this country. The Rittenhouse ruling isn't so much a warning to black America, it's a warning to every white suburbanite with a Black Lives Matter poster in their window. Every white church youth leader chanting about George Floyd in front of the local Walmart. Every white dad from Lorain, Ohio to Lubbock, Texas, who dares have a BLM sticker on their car. Those people now know that they too can be shot by a white 17-year-old with an AR-15 if he feels threatened by their desire to see America live up to its potential. At some point, someone is going to weaponize the self-defense. And when I say weaponize it, I mean they are going to have a designated Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. And when you can anticipate or precipitate an attack, whether it's bottles thrown at you, then not only can that person go back and defend himself, others can turn their weapons and carry out a massacre and say it was in defense of another person. This, this is Bottom line, the pandemic has been relentless. And since Biden tried to declare independence from it on July 4th, more than 160,000 Americans have been added to our death toll, despite vaccines being widely available. Obviously, most of those recent deaths are all of the unvaccinated. So the folks with blood on their hands there are the misinformers, particularly in right-wing media. More than 770,000 have died in total, 365,000 of them since January 20th of this year. And meanwhile, the administration this week has suspended its work on enforcing OSHA's vaccine mandate for private sector workers due to uh, some legal issues, thanks to the Fifth Circuit. And right now, the White House does not seem anxious to focus more time and energy and political capital to fight the politicalization of this pandemic. The unfortunate dark reality is they are fighting some powerful political forces of defiance and disinformation, which have only worsened the partisan gap in human suffering. According to data from the New York Times and the CDC, let me show you this. 19 of the 20 counties with the highest COVID death rates per capita right now are all in deep red America. They all went for Trump. If only the former president would convince these folks to get vaccinated, but he did not. This is the same trend when it comes to the counties with the highest COVID hospitalization rates. It's predominantly in red America as well. The 10 most vaccinated states, on the other hand, are our ASC of blue. All went for Biden in 2020, every one of them. And every one of the least vaccinated states in America went for Trump, with the exception of one, the state of Georgia. It's a routine physical. Mm -hmm. It's a moment that, but it is a moment that will be noted in the history books that America, for an hour and 25 minutes, had a woman commander in chief. I just went down went to my phone to look at the date. Uh, November 19th, 2021. It is the first mm -hmm. time that a woman, a woman of color, had presidential power. It was brief. <laughs> but it happened, and it is a, a moment to mark in history. At some point, maybe in our lifetimes, there will be a woman who is elected to the, the highest <laughs> office in the land. Oh, it's, it's like that has not happened yet. Disappointing that this is we get to the, this is how we get to this point through a colonoscopy. Through a col colonoscopy, and and this far into the history of this country, and you know, many other 
nations of America's ilk have already taken this step and given women this power at this level. So it's well said. Yeah. And, and, and but I would say it is significant. We should not underplay the fact that we've gotten to this point and and, you know, it is significant, but perhaps it, it comes uh, last evening. Um, a person who identified himself as James G. Morrison and who claimed that he was a producer with NBC News, employed uh, for N MSNBC, um, and under the supervision of a person. What's going on? Oh, okay. Uh, under the supervision of someone named Irene Bayon in New York. Uh, for MSNBC, uh, the police, when they stopped him, because he was following at a distance of about a, a block and uh, went through a red light, pulled him over and inquired of him what was going on, and he gave that information and stated that he had been instructed by Ms. Bayon in New York to follow the jury bus. Uh, the matter is uh, under further investigation at this point, um, and the media has asked questions about it. That's the latest I have. Um, and he was ticketed for uh, uh, violating a traffic control signal. Uh, he's not here today from what I'm told, and um, I have instructed that no one from MSNBC News will be permitted in this building. For the duration of uh, this is a very serious matter, and I don't know what the ultimate truth of it is, but absolutely it, it would go without much thinking that someone who is following a, the jury bus uh, that is a very ex, it's extremely serious matter, and uh, will be referred to the uh, proper authorities for further action. Now, we did see the judge take the stand or come to the bench earlier today for an unrelated matter. This happened outside of the presence of the jury, and he responded to a report that we got from the Kenosha Police Department last night saying that a member of the media was suspected of following the jury van after court yesterday. The judge named a member from MSNBC. He said he's, uh, he's taking this extremely seriously. He went on to say that he is investigating this further, and we also know that he's banning members from MSNBC, any MSNBC personnel from the courthouse at this time. Now, uh, NBC spokesperson did release a statement. Let's put that up on the screen right now. It says, last night, a freelancer received a traffic citation while the traffic violation took place near the jury van. The freelancer never contacted or, or intended to contact the jurors during deliberations and never photographed or intended to photograph them. We regret the incident. And I'm curious what you see in the sweep of history here. It's very hard to get a sense of it as we go in real time. Um, but when we look at the numbers and the spending history and just how rare or how infrequent it is that you get this sort of national investment, I'm curious your thoughts about where this fits in long term. We know Bill Clinton used to say that a president's lucky to get a sentence. Uh, Lincoln saved the Union. FDR defeated the Depression, won World War II. Uh, Biden's well on his way to writing his sentence here. Uh, 
significant investment in the country. Uh, it will rank, I think, with uh, what President Eisenhower was doing in the 1950s. The fact that we're still talking about President Eisenhower and what happened with the interstate highway bill, I think, proves the point. Put in perspective this bill, because it is, it's big. I mean, what do, what do you make of it? There is no way that our descendants will not be reading about what happened today in history books 100 years from now. And, you know, you love trains, so do I. This is what presidents do, both because we need the infrastructure and also because it helps the economy. Abraham Lincoln, during the Civil War, made it possible for there to be a transcontinental railroad because he felt that after the Civil War, the country needed to be pulled together and the economy needed to be jump-started. You and I have both driven by many times, I'm sure, Walter Reed Medical Center in Bethesda, where a certain unmentionable president was sick a year ago and was there for a couple of days. Well, that, he's not the only patient, but that was public works that was invented by FDR, Franklin Roosevelt in the 1930s. Uh, he was an amateur architect. Roosevelt, believe it or not, designed the exterior of Walter Reed Hospital, it was then called Bethesda Naval. And he also chose the site. He got really involved in the design of post offices. So in the 1930s, Roosevelt's New Deal was responsible for 70% of city halls, courthouses, 35% of public uh, health installations, uh, new schools, 70% of those remade the country, but it also saved our country because it brought the economy back from the depression. This is why, see, you're going to make me keep you here for an hour. This, you're going to lose your whole free time because I could just sit here and do this all, all night with you. But I mean, the me thing too, is. Me too, I love it. I love it. And the thing that's so interesting is that Biden is doing like a, a move where he's also correcting some of the things. I mean, I think Eisenhower was the greatest Republican president to me personally, but he had some problems. Is, is, that, that, like, is that like the, the best restaurant? It's firm but fair. <laughs> firm but fair. But I mean, he he he's fixing some of the problems with the Eisenhower era, which that they really harmed a lot of communities. August 24th, Rittenhouse went up to the Kenosha area for his job as a lifeguard. Rittenhouse crossed state lines into a community that was not his. My grandmother, my aunt, my uncle and cousins all live in the city of Kenosha. You know, you've got this young white kid defending the community. Um, that he's not even from. What's your father's name? Michael Rittenhouse. He lived in Kenosha. Good evening from New York. I'm Chris Hayes. Kyle Rittenhouse was just 17 years old when he drove across state lines to Kenosha, Wisconsin. The teenager drove from his home in Illinois. Approximately one mile to Wisconsin. Across state lines, driving across state borders. He's driving across state lines. Across the state line, across state lines. Across state lines, across state lines. If you look at the Rittenhouse case, he crossed state lines. Drives up to, to, to events. Across state lines. Came across state lines. Kyle Rittenhouse, who traveled across state lines. From out of state, out of his own state. Came across state borders. Whenever you have a situation where a 17 year old is crossing state lines uh it, it, white teenager he crosses a state line drives 30 minutes into kenosha remember he came across the line he crossed state lines cross state lines across state lines he crossed state lines Kyle rittenhouse who crossed state lines came across across state lines cross state lines he went across state lines cross state lines cross state lines and cross state lines a 17 year old kid 
from out of state. He from makes out of state. all cross state lines. Cross state lines. Cross state lines. Across state lines. Cross state lines. Went over state lines. Drove across state lines. He drove across state. Had his mother drive him across state lines from out of state. Say the line, Bart. The teenager traveled across state lines. Carl Rittenhouse traveled from his home in Illinois across the state line to Wisconsin. Drove to a different state, drives up to the state. Again, drove across state lines. The state that he does not live in. He traveled there from out of state. He crossed state lines, meaning he traveled across state lines. A 17-year-old who crossed state lines. Now again, he drove from Illinois to Wisconsin. The 17-year-old from out of state who shows up to Kenosha. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 22nd of November, year of our Lord, 2021. And I had to come home from work today and get in this booth. Sweet Jesus, I hate being right. I hate it. You see all the sycophancy. You see Juan Williams. You see people calling him he's the greatest thing ever. You see Joy Reid losing her shit. You see a montage. Of the media. The Rittenhouse case. What they did a summer ago. What they do now. NBC got banned. They were stalking him. Stalking him. They are. Now news. It's a nation awaits a verdict Kyle Rittenhouse murder. Some GOP members are still coming to Rittenhouse defense. I want you to remember. You couldn't donate to this kid. You lost your job. But we'll get the punchline about last night. Guarantee a lot of people give money for his defense. NBC was making excuses while they were peeling the bodies off the ground. Anna Presley, a 17-year-old white supremacist, domestic terrorist, Crossed state lines armed with an AR-15. He shot and killed two people, and he assembled to affirm the value, dignity, and worth of black lives. Fixed your damn headline. Everything in there, a lie. A purposeful lie to rile people up, to get them angry. It's to get people to vote for him, I understand, but we all know what happens. We know what happens. Chunk Unger, dear white people, you do not do slavery, you do not do Jim Crow, and you're not Confederate general, so why are you taking it personally? People not connected to those evils of the past do not feel a need to defend them. You reveal yourself when it's all you are. No, that's all you talk about, you jackass. My fear is that black America is going to be re-traumatized, author Donald Grant says. The murder of black men are the first trauma, but the trial is the second trauma. NBC News misleading headline nbc news statement last night freelancer received a traffic citation while a traffic violation took place during the jury van the freelancer never contacted or intended to contact the jurors during the deliberation and never photoshopped them and brian seltzer backed him up backed him up it was all good all good aaron rupaul slams right-wing troll judge schroeder for barring msnbc from the courtroom they all defended it well what's wrong with that What's 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 wrong with them? They've been filming jurists. 
There are reports media person followed a Rittenhouse juror home. Kenosha police said it was under investigation. They were trying to pressure it. And oh, by the way, before I play the money shot, man dies after being hit in head with skateboard during fight in Santa Ana Starbucks. Because that was their big thing. If it wasn't state lines and he was carrying a weapon, weapon illegally, it was skateboards can't kill you. Everybody takes a beating. So here's your media jerk off. They lost their shit. Miami politics, the media jerk off of the week. So another big case that we were watching last week, Kyle Rittenhouse found not guilty on all charges in the shooting deaths of two men during a protest in Wisconsin. Uh, that was last year. But what happens next now? Could there be civil cases? Yeah, I, I think there could be. Uh, you may see some of the victims decide to, to sue Kyle Rittenhouse. Remember, the legal standard in a civil case, much lower than in a criminal case. Again and again, in the context of this case, I kept talking about how tough the burden is for prosecutors to overcome self-defense beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, in a civil case, it just has to be negligence. You just have to prove it's more likely than not. And then, of course, there's the flip side of it, which is that Kyle Rittenhouse may end up suing people who said things about him uh, that he says were inaccurate. So I definitely think you could see some activity in the civil courts as a result of this case. And Byron, in this trial, all involved in the case were white. Rittenhouse, the men who died. But this case intensified the debate over racial justice and the legal system itself. Martha, it's absolutely true. And for many people, it's not a debate. It's a cold, hard reality that in America, there's one justice system if you're white and wealthy. There's another if you're poor and a person of color. Study after study shows that black men are arrested more often, uh, convicted more often, and sentenced to longer sentences than white men accused of the same crime. And the same is tro- holds true in discipline in schools, that disparity. And Martha, here, here's, a, here's a study I, I think that, that speaks to this case and the concerns about this case. According to the FBI, a, uh, a fatal shooting in, where the, uh, the, 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 the shooter is, is white and the victim is black three times more likely that's ruled to be justifiable if, the, if both parties were, were, um, were white. And so I think for most reasonable people, and most surveys would bear this out, that few people, reasonable people would believe that if a 17-year-old black boy with an AR-15 showed up in Kenosha, Wisconsin at night, killed two people and injured a third, that that black boy would have been treated the same In the chaos of Kenosha last August, Rittenhouse, then 17, killed two men with his AR-15-style assault rifle. He claimed self-defense. Rittenhouse drove in from Illinois armed for battle. He knew outrage already ran high. So the jury accepted Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, explanation that he was acting in in self-defense. President Biden said, you know, this was disappointing in some ways, but... The jury system works and we have to abide by it. You say the verdict itself was dangerous. 
You know, it's hard for African Americans to reconcile what we witnessed in that trial. We have far too many individuals sitting in jail for crimes they didn't commit or overcharged for crimes that were committed. And here you have a 17-year-old who illegally purchased a gun, traveled across state lines to protect property that was not his for owners that who did not invite him, and he put himself in harm's way based on the rhetoric that he's seen on social media platforms. Well, the current political environment has allowed for this type of behavior. The prior administrations opened the door, and many individuals who operate under the banner of white supremacy have run through the door. But there is no evidence of, of him being a white supremacist himself, correct? Well, it's not about the evidence of him. Two people died, another one near uh, almost died. And um, nobody's paying any penalty. The notion that Kyle Rittenhouse, who, for instance, when he was released pretrial, hung out with members of the Proud Boys and flashed white power signs, and now will uh, not face any form of accountability for his acts, that's extraordinarily difficult for family members. This should have been presented by the prosecution as a, as a failure in public safety and should have been focused on public safety. The state failed. The state failed to create an environment that was safe. Um, the state failed to prove who did make that period unsafe. And now we're in no man's land here as a society um, where nobody's going to pay a price for these two dead Americans. The public safety umbrella might be the best way to change some of this conversation on the Second Amendment. There will be more protests. There, there will obviously. Kyle Rittenhouse is out in these crowds. The question that we now have to face is, are we safer after this verdict? Are we safe yeah. if we let someone like Kyle Rittenhouse kill people and then claim self-defense? Do we need better laws that protect us better? And the answer is clearly yes today. It's pretty obvious to me, more people, the next time there's a, uh, a protest of some sort, and it may get politicized, that gun, gun owners with a certain ideology may feel incentivized now, may feel even emboldened. And that does seem to be an uncomfortable message that- Last evening, um, a person who identified himself as James G. Morrison and who claimed that he was a producer with NBC News, employed uh, for N MSNBC um, and under the supervision of a person, what's going on? Oh, okay. Uh, under the supervision of someone named Irene Bayon in New York. Uh, for MSNBC, uh, the police, when they stopped him because he was following at a distance of about a, a block and uh, went through a red light, pulled him over and inquired of him what was going on and he gave that information and stated that he had been instructed by Ms. Bayon in New York to follow the jury bus. Uh, the matter is uh, under further investigation at this point, um, and the media has asked questions about it. That's the latest I have. Um, and he was ticketed for uh, uh, violating a traffic control signal. Uh, he's not here today from what I'm told, and um, 
I have instructed that no one from MSNBC News will be permitted in this building for the duration of this trial. Uh, this is a very serious matter, and I don't know what the ultimate truth of it is, but absolutely, it, 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 without much thinking, that someone who is following a, the jury bus, uh, that is a very, ex, it's extremely serious matter, and uh, will be referred to the uh, proper authorities for further action. Now, we did see the judge take the stand or come to the earlier today for an unrelated matter. This happened outside of the presence of the jury, and he responded to a report that we got from the Kenosha Police Department last night saying that a member of the media was suspected of following the jury van after court yesterday. The judge named a member from MSNBC. He said he's, uh, he's taking this extremely seriously. He went on to say that he is investigating this further, and we also know that he's banning members from MSNBC, any MSNBC personnel from the courthouse at this time. Now, uh, NBC spokesperson did release a statement. Let's put that up on the screen right now. It says, last night a freelancer received a traffic citation while the traffic violation took place near the jury van. The freelancer never contacted or, or intended to contact the jurors during deliberations and never photographed. Or I'm wondering, Charles, you point out his age, you know, um, Sarah, 17-year-old, now 18 do you think his age played any any role in the verdict, the fact that he was so young? Well, Pamela, I don't necessarily think that it's just his age. I think we have to be very clear about what that means. I think that what we have seen throughout the course of this trial, be it from the judge, be it from right-wing media, be it from the public in many cases, we've seen a consistent infantilization of Kyle Rittenhouse in front of the public. And I think part of that was strategic by the defense, the way that he presented on the stand, the way that he presented in court, to remind the jury that he was young. But in terms of his age, I want to be very clear about something. We've seen many instances where people who were not like Kyle Rittenhouse, and I am referring to race in this instance, took the stand, I'm referring to the exonerated five in New York, also known as the Central Park Five, where they were not treated with the same delicacy and shielded by their age. And so there is a certain level of privilege that we have to acknowledge when you talk about how age played a role. I do believe that age was a factor. However, I think that it was amplified by the fact that he enjoyed the privilege of being infantilized. And I think that that also may have resonated with I think the question that most of us are feeling right now is what can we do next it's clear that <clears throat> most of the people that have been in that courtroom or standing outside of that courthouse every single damn day are the type of people who are action driven and we want to know what we can do next take your time for me personally, I especially not surprised at the outcome of this verdict. Um, for Anthony Huber, the love of my life, he had been fucked by this system in every single way from his birth to his death. And all that we can do now is keep moving, keep jumping into action. We need to stand together. This, I want to be specific that this violence that they're, you know, using as a fear-mongering tactic to 
keep the general public afraid of us and what we're doing. Uh, we don't need that. We don't need the violence at all. All we need to do is keep standing and keep being loud and keep calling them out on their fuckery. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, nobody's ever uh, died as a result of being hit with a skateboard. Now, you point a gun at somebody, you've got the right to defend yourself. But being kicked or being hit? You don't bring a gun to a fist fight. You don't bring a gun when somebody's hitting you with a skateboard. He's a chaos tourist. He was there to see what was going on, act important, be a big deal. And then the moment a little bit of that chaos comes, chaos comes back at him, he cowardly shoots a man instead of fighting back. You said another mistake that they may have made was giving the defense some ground in some cases. Listen to this. No one is saying that Mr. Rittenhouse did not have a right to defend himself. Punch him in the face, kick him in the testicles, knee him in the face, hit him with your gun. You don't just immediately get to shoot someone. Again, that's the prosecution there. Yeah, there's an important legal line between a situation where a person may be entitled to use some force and where a person can use lethal force. And the prosecution argument is Rittenhouse crossed that line. But the problem is they made some real damaging admissions there. They admitted Kyle Rittenhouse was being threatened. He was being attacked and he was at least entitled to use some force. That's a big concession. And if you look at the kind of force they said he would have been justified in using, uh, hit him with a gun, pistol whip him. They're giving up a lot of ground. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's... You know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. But thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statutes. Shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So remember your history. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically. And, and we they lost their ever loving shit. They they thought they could affect this trial. They thought they could influence the trial. They thought if they just kept going, you could get all these people to change their opinion of the law. Everybody ran with this. 
Nothing more frightening than a white man. White. I watched the cross angle or cross connection. The most racist shit I've ever seen. Some dude filled in for Joy Reid. The racist thing I've ever seen. Hey, shaman. Chewbacca guy. He's getting 41 fucking months. And then you find out, New York Times reporter Mike Kenosha debacle piece was held until after the 2020 election where she actually put out, hey, this is all bullshit. C. Chairman Sean Patrick Maloney taking a far different approach than President Biden responding to Rittenhouse. It's disgusting and disturbing that someone was able to carry a loaded assault rifle in protest. None of it's true. You have people roaming the world thinking he shot black people and that Jacob Blake's dead. Cross state lines with the rifle illegally, was roaming shooting black people, killed black people, Jacob Blake was unarmed, Jacob Blake's dead. All of those things are wrong. That's all over the news. You see it all the time. It's completely wrong. Twitter doesn't censor it. Facebook doesn't censor it because it's misinformation. It's not true. None of it is. Cory Bush, the judge, the jury, the defendant, it's a white supremacy in action. The system isn't built to hold white supremacists accountable. It's why black and brown folks are brutalized and put in cages. Not recently. They're getting no bail. Going back out and beating Whitey. You're happy with that, Cory Bush. You push for it. Josh Rubin, the Rittenhouse verdict is disgraceful. Way to empower more scum to incite violence in the street. Welcome, America KKK. The bold letters about the trial at the beginning. America KKK. It's all together. The country is fucked. America KKK. The very show means it, it remains legal to murder while white. Stark reminder of inequity. Rittenhouse killed two men with an AR-15 found not guilty. Tamir Rice, Christopher Belter, rapes four girls. To be black and illegal, these are just random people. Want to be a Supreme Court justice? Want to murder two people, not go to jail? Cut some onions, be white, and cry. On and on and on and on. It doesn't matter the whole case is bullshit. Doesn't matter that these guys had guns. Doesn't matter that they were the career criminals and this guy's nothing. Doesn't matter that they were part of Black Lives Matter and they were devastatingly destroying a small town. All for the sake of supposed to be black lives, but they were calling people the N-word. None of that matters. Same team. You can kill a polar bear. Same team. Hannah Nicole J. In this country, you can even kill white people and get away with it. And those white people are fighting for black lives. This is the legacy of 1619 shit I made up. ACLU, American Civil Liberty Union, that used to fight for everybody's rights, and now it's just lefty rights. Kyle Rittenhouse is found not guilty of fatal shooting of two and injury of another during the protest of the shooting of Jacob Blake. This situation represents an outrageous failure to protect protesters by the Kenosha police. Months of research and open records regrets have uncovered many incidents in which the police encourage white militias, despite Colorado's conscious decision to travel across state lines and injure one person. And I'm stopping. You're lying. It's all full of shit. Kyle Rittenhouse trial was designed to protect white conservatives who kill. Headline, MSDNC. Bubba Wallace, King James. Pretty much all of them. White, 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 bad, white, 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 bad, white, 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 white. Hmm. 
Andrew Coffey the fourth found not guilty in all counts of murder, attempted first degree murder of fucking cops. Oh, he's black too. But in his state, self-defense, and they kicked the door in. He didn't know he shot. This is happening at the same time. These court cases were happening at the same time. Was it reported? Nope. It's a local story. Pedro Pascal. Joseph Rosenbaum, 36, and Anthony Huber, 27, murdered against, rest in peace. Murdered. Pedophiles. Attacked a man. And then to make things worse, and I'm not going to play the bumper, Tucker Carlson doing an interview tonight. These motherfuckers. You got Stephen Hayes, Jonah Goldberg. I knew Hayes. I don't know Goldberg. They quit Fox News, went off. Liz Cheney was happy. Oh, yeah. Is happy. Saturday Night Live even dogged her. It's well, that's, we're not there yet. I I didn't do a lot of these because I just I can't do it anymore. Congress sends not self defense defense to bring a gun to a peaceful protest and chase people down. David Cicilline. None of that's true. During this. There were armed fucking father and daughter along the anti-Rittenhouse protesters to protect them. Black people. Nobody said a word. They're carrying weapons. Nobody had a problem. Caroline Orbono, also Calvary House in 100% on the trajectory, become a domestic abuser. Now we have doctors doing shit from the house. Reese Witherspoon, woke up this morning thinking about every mother, father, sister, brother, friend who's lost someone to senseless gun violence in America, and then there was no justice for their pain. This is a disgrace. And then she goes on to do the cross-state lines, illegal weapon. It's all fucking a lie. I tweeted her, I'm a vet. The wife and I both own ARs. We cross state lines. We live 15 miles in Kentucky and go to our range. We've never been chased by career criminals saying they want to kill us. But if we did, we would defend ourselves. If it happened to you, so would you. Your security detail would kill them. But it's just not the Rittenhouse case. Here's just a taste of this week's media trying to get people on the right killed. And we've got breaking news from South Lake, Texas right now. Let's go to NBC's Antonia Hilton, who's live in that city. Antonia, what's the latest? Hi, Jose. That's right. We have just confirmed that the U.S. Department of Education Office of Civil Rights, their civil rights enforcement arm, has launched three separate investigations into South Lake's Carroll ISD school system here. And this is a, a big deal. These are investigations that are going to probe issues relating to racial, uh, gender, and sexuality discrimination. And, you know, in, in terms of the the, to put this in context for you, you know, experts that we've spoken to say that this office does not open investigations just into any school district.
district. This is a sign that they believe that there's serious information, a serious violations, Title IX violations here at this school. This comes on the heels of months of our reporting on major racial tensions and conflict in this community here. One of the first towns in the country to start fighting over critical race theory, how we talk about racism and history in schools. They were one of the first towns to launch a major backlash to a diversity and inclusion plan with many conservative parents raising hundreds of thousands of dollars and launching a lawsuit to ultimately make sure the diversity and inclusion plan didn't move forward in this district. This is going to be potentially a years-long process. Usually these investigations take sometimes north of 14 months. And at the end, if they find that, in fact, violations of Title IX have occurred here, this school district will be asked by the federal government to make changes and will be monitored by the... I don't know whether to call you professor or comrade. Rick, I want to choose my words carefully because I'm sure Kennedy will take a victory lap on another channel tonight. This is a disgrace not just to the country. It's a disgrace not just to the United States Senate. It's a disgrace to the party of Ronald Reagan, who described the United States of America as a shining city on the hill, not because it was bright or shiny, but because it was a beacon for people like this Biden nominee. What do you do with a party that is at best stupid, at worst, flagrantly racist? Well, it also just smacks of McCarthyism and the House of Un-American Activities uh, period where, where people for s affiliations were called out as being communists. I mean, it's a, just an insulting question on every level, on the political level, on the level of humanity. Um, and of course, her answer was inspiring. I mean, the, I mean our, our, the whole point of our system is that people can escape from authoritarian systems. And the, and the Republican Party has become the party that supports authoritarian governments. It's really, as you say, Ronald Reagan is not just turning over in his grave. Joining us now is David Frum, Atlantic and former speechwriter for President George W. Bush. He also has a fascinating new op-ed out called Steve Bannon Knows Exactly What He's Doing. As we watched Steve Bannon this week go to the courthouse, he seemed basically gleeful yeah. about it. And in this new op-ed, you write about how this is exactly what Steve Bannon wants. This is, this is and, 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 you know, this character who's like in a rock music video, turning over the table, kicking, you know, kicking the piano player, uh, knocking over the person in the wheelchair and saying, you know, what are you going to do about it? I'm, I'm not only did I do it all in plain view, I'm going to do it again. And Bannon's made clear his strategy, and this is what the article is about. His strategy is, I don't respect any of this. I don't respect any rules. I don't respect any process. You can accuse me of violating the process. I don't care. So what's the consequence of that, David? Because I agree with you. I think Steve Bannon doesn't care if he's convicted of contempt of Congress. He'll end up in jail for a month, and that would perhaps politically or for entertainment value be the best thing that ever happened to him, even though it's in violation of the U.S. law. So why does that matter bigger picture, and what could or should be done about it? Well, I think I'm going to turn that question back to the people who are watching you right now. Um, there's... Uh, a, passage, a famous passage in the Bible where God asks the question, um, who will go for us? And the prophet Isaiah has to say, send me. Um, that I think a lot of us have, have had in mind that there's someone out there who will do the job of protecting American democracy for you. Maybe it's special counsel Mueller. Maybe it's somebody else. Um, and I think through the Trump years we've seen, it's you. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's just you. Uh, you, your friends, your neighbors, because it's, it's not, these are not, they're not a few people operating in some clandestine secret. This is a huge group 
operating in the open, supported by the former president of the United States, the likely next nominee of the Republican Party, um, backed by perhaps a third or a quarter of the country. Um, it's a giant political challenge to the stability of American democracy. And the legal system can't cope with a threat posed not by a few lawbreakers, but by a quarter or a third of the country. Yeah, and they seem to have a, you know, a very clear mission, if you will, as you describe in this. What is the countermeasure to that? You sort of leave that open-ended, so we'll see how people... Well, I, it is extraordinarily optimistic. But, Michael Steele, you've been watching him up close uh, as long as any of us, and in some ways uh, had a better seat than any of us. When he lost the speakership the first time, it reminds me... It, it looks like he's made the same decision George Wallace made when he didn't win his first Democratic primary for governor in Alabama uh, to Big Jim Folsom. Uh, and if you don't know the story, I just tell people, go find out the story. McCarthy was never going to get out Freedom Caucus again. I think that winning the majority is about keeping all the frogs in the wheelbarrow. And some of those frogs have gotten pretty ugly, but you still need them in the wheelbarrow, at least till Election Day. All right, but let me ask you this, because you had the quote that I've been quoting to others a whole bunch last week, and I want to make sure I get it right, um, because I'd like you to talk a bit more about it. You said, if public service is increasingly unappealing, our public servants will be increasingly unappealing. What's this Absolutely. Congress going to look like in 2023, Michael? I hope better, is all I can say. I mean, Paul Gosar did something dangerous and stupid. It is not the first time he has done something dangerous and stupid. He should have been referred to the Ethics Committee, which has the power to expel him from Congress. I don't think this knee-jerk vote from Washington Democrats was smart. I think it set a bad precedent, and it's going to make it harder, not easier, to restore civility and govern in a responsible way going forward. And Anna, I'm just trying to figure out how governing works. I mean, essentially what Mark Meadows and Marjorie Taylor Greene are both arguing about Kevin McCarthy is it's time to run the Republican Party like the Politburo, the old Politburo's, which is everybody votes the same, and if you don't, you're out. Is that a is that governable? I mean, is that is that a realistic uh, way to govern? I know the House kind of uh, is more likely to work that way than the Senate. But so you may or may not support Donald Trump in 2024. You no. may or may not run I, for president. And a book about liars and conspiracy theories doesn't have anything to say about Fox News. No, the book talks about you continue to conflate it and you know what i don't know how you I, talk about way, liars way, and think, conspiracy theorists without wanna, talking about fox news i go, was a republican no, i think if, they've done more damage wanna, to the party I, than anything I'm else. i'm sure you do but if we want to go through that i think there are liars and conspiracy theorists on msnbc and on cnn also so maybe i'll write a book about all that but that's not what this book is about in that section of the book i'm talking to republicans the way I believe we need to deal with media to be most effective for winning. The conspiracy theorists and truth deniers, which nobody else on either side of the aisle is writing about right now, other than me. No one else is writing about but that. But you want to solve them, is my question. If you want, want to solve wanna, the proliferation want, of conspiracy theories without I, dealing with Fox News, well, it's like solving terrorism without dealing with the terrorists. Well, look, that's your opinion. I disagree with your opinion. And I don't believe, and I think it's irresponsible, Nicole, to analogize Fox News to terrorists. I'm and not I, by analogizing the way, them to, and, well, I'm talking about did. root problems. Well, no, no, you you write did. about being a prosecutor. And I, I want to understand what your solution is to the title of the book. It's about truth deniers and conspiracy. How do we purge the truth deniers and conspiracy from theorists our from party, the party? Yeah. From our party. And it's by telling the truth to our voters. Where? 
to our voters. Where do you do that? Right in my book. No, but where go, do you go? Where do you go tell buy it? Go buy my it. My question on sale is, where today do you, you tell? Do it. Where do you do it? Speeches? You do it in? Where do you? Sure, do I did it at the Reagan Library in I saw September. Your at the I did it at the Republican Jewish Coalition I saw it. I saw just it. this I saw past it. week, and every other place that I go. I will be talking about the fact that the Republican Party must, must once again be the party of truth. And if we do that, then we have a chance to be a winning party again. And if we don't, then we're going to be consigned to what happened to our party in the 30s when Herbert Hoover lost the House, the Senate, and the White House. The only other time it's happened in the Republican Party history, and then we were out of the White House for 28 in the next 36 years. I don't want to see that happen to our country. And so that's why I'm speaking out. And I can't be responsible for everybody else, Nicole. I hear you. I can be responsible for myself. And that's what I'm doing by writing this book and by coming out and talking to you about it, even in a... I put that last soundbite there on purpose because that's what the media does to people who aren't them. That's what you get. That kind of conduct. I mean, they were so riled up about Rittenhouse, so upset. I'm going to play two things. These are the people that are their brown shirts. Rittenhouse is not a brown shirt. He's not even a white supremacist like they want you to think. He's just some dude in the wrong place at the wrong time, chanting how they want to overthrow and communism and shit. And this was on Tiffany Cross' show. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving, you fucking racist! Solution! It's communist revolution! The only solution! It's communist revolution! The only solution! It's communist revolution! That's why we need communists! That's what we need! We need that! We need that We need that uh, and don't go in there at home because the myth of the first Thanksgiving is just that, my friends. It is a myth. I turn the mic over to show favorite and my friend, Jassy Ross, to explain. That's coming up next. With Thanksgiving right around the corner, I wanted to turn the mic over to Cross Connection favorite and my friend, Jassy Ross, for this week's essay and his take on the real story of Thanksgiving and some history you probably never read in your school books. Okay. Nathanako Umakumsuka. My name is Jossie Ross. I come from the Amstapi Bukani Nation. The mythology of Thanksgiving closely mirrors the mythology of America. That mythology is the image that white Americans love to see of themselves. White settlers come to a strange land in good faith, bringing something of great value that enriches the people who are already here. The natives also bring something of immense value, equal exchange. That closely mimics the mythology of white America. It is how America wants to see itself. The truth, of course, of Thanksgiving is much different. The truth is pilgrims did not bring turkey, sweet potato pie, or cranberries to Thanksgiving. They could not. They were broke. They were broken. Their hands were out. They were begging. They brought nothing of value. But they got fed. They got schooled. Thanksgiving. It makes sense. There is much for white Americans to be thankful for. But I'm still trying to figure out what indigenous people received of value. Instead of bringing stuffing and biscuits, those settlers brought genocide and violence. 
That genocide and violence is still on the menu as state-sponsored violence against Native and Black Americans is commonplace and violent private white supremacy is celebrated and subsidized. From Stonechild Chief Stick to Mike Brown to Renee Davis to Breonna Taylor to Eric Gardner, Indigenous and Black people are still being murdered by those paid to protect us. From Ahmaud Arbery to Trayvon Martin, white Americans are still killing Native and Black Americans with no fear of reprisal. They brought chattel slavery to Africans and Native people. That still happens through the prison industrial complex that imprisons the descendants of enslaved Africans and Natives at far disparate numbers. That is the reality of Thanksgiving. Many of us are still waiting for white Americans to bring some value, still waiting for white America to match the mythology of Thanksgiving. Freedom, justice, equality, reparations for two and a half billion acres of stolen native land, reparations for 246 years of stolen labor, reparations for stealing native children. Stop the killing. It's still happening. Stop the theft. It's still happening. Return the land. Match the mythology. Then and only then we can all be equally thankful. Peace. Thanksgiving. It was a racist orgy on MSNBC. Fuck Whitey. Fuck Thanksgiving. Fuck America. They're going to put you in chains, Joe Biden. He couldn't even say just trust the court case. He has to stir it up and call for equity that they won't define. And then last night, all this rage and anger get you this. That part, that part. Niggas talking down, no, they scared of us. Hey, couple hundred shots before we hammered us. Hey, you talking down, you don't want it, no, you scared of this. Shut we up. about that action anywhere, yeah, we terrorists. We See me riding with me, I'ma slide, make it terrible. Hope you right with God, cause the casket with you headed for. Killers in the city, make a call, then I let them go. Okay. If they catch you lacking, that's your ass, bet that let it blow. Hit you with that fully, ain't no telling where your head go. Heard ah. that you was telling on the guys, that's unbearable. And then as soon as we fall out, all of a sudden, now I'm a pedophile. Let me explain that. Ten years ago, 2006, I caught a case with my oldest daughter's mama. Yes, my baby mama. She's from Oakland. I was busting moves in Nevada. I meet the bitch. She says she want to get down, so I'm pimping on the bitch. I'll take her to Nevada. You know what I'm saying? I get cracked. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know the bitch was 16 at the time. She gave a statement to the police and told them, yeah, she was hoeing, that I was pimping, and, and uh, that she was 16, and that I didn't know that. Okay? Man. Black people, Americans, don't be fooled by this good talking ass president, man. The, the nigga can sell water to a well, man. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, man, it's all bullshit. And may God bless the United States of America. And we know what they doing, man. Real shit.
So riddle me this, Batman, of Kyle Rittenhouse had that picture. How do you think that would go over? Remember, he was a white supremacist. The president said it. Ledger key suspect was recently released on bond, wrapped about fuck Donald Trump, fuck pigs, lives in Milwaukee. He's just a stellar citizen. And even if the NBC is right, well, he was stabbing somebody and he was fleeing and he didn't mean to kill all those white people. By the time I woke up this morning, it was gone. CNN didn't even talk about it. MSNBC didn't. They were trying to find out who he was when they found out he was an African-American racist. A real one. That story just went off the news. Just went off the news. And Andy NGO just has all this shit. Here, here's him. That's what he looks like. Uh, Daryl Brooks. Um, man in custody. Daryl Brooks, the man who was taken into custody by police on the Wakaja Christmas parade, was ca- mass casualty event and posted account on 2016 of now deactivated Facebook account. Run them over. Keep traffic flowing and don't slow down for any of these idiots. BLM. The man uh, is a rapper who stars in a music video where he raps in front of a red vehicle that looks like the vehicle. Express hatred of former Trump cops. He's a black nationalist. A sex offender in Nevada. He was convicted over having sex with child in one of now deleted videos. He defends his action, saying, I didn't know. That's what I played. Everything from this guy is I'm a fucking racist. But nothing. Nothing. It's just, it's gone. The whole story. It's gone. We're we're not going to talk about it. I mean, I want you to just do the trajectory of the last three years. Violent people like him, the people everybody, the media was crying about who got killed, destroying federal buildings, destroying everything, but Chewbacca guys going away for 41 fucking months, these people get released on a $1,000 bail and go back and fuck motherfucker up! He just got released and he was stabbing somebody! We're, We're... Doing nothing about it. Nothing. I I just... I don't even know how the fuck we could get here. Biden's actually fucking nominating a Russian. But, yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Why would we care? I don't even know. I don't even know how to fucking talk about this. I don't. I don't know how to talk about it. This is what they get every time. This is what happens because they push hate whitey. Everybody's racist. The system's broken, and these people go bonkers. Violent incident, possibly a stabbing. Correction, the suspect is 39, not 38. The moment they found out, it was over. 
It was over. The story ended instantly. It just went away. Just went away. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter now. And when you point things out, John uh, Senator Kennedy, Red Scare, he's a racist. That, that's what we cover. Yet there's proof now. Uh, Racine County Sheriff calls for felony charges against Wisconsin Election Commission for all the shit they did. We're going to move her derogatory words from the Department of Interior. Hunter fucking Biden secured China cobalt stuff. So that that's all true. And it's not Whitey's. New USA Today's suffix polls show that voters oppose teaching critical race theory by a massive 27-point margin. 20% of the people asked. 47 said no. 32 don't know enough because they don't have any kids. But instead of actually researching Real crimes that happened during the summer of love. 200 plus witnesses have been interviewed for January 6th. 200 plus. 200 plus. They are red pilling so many people. Now he's going to make a few statements. That you literally. Have SNL doing this. This is what the whole world's going with right now. The entire world is... Sorry, work, folks. I, I have to leave early this week because I'm working six days straight. And uh, Well, except for Thanksgiving. I'm working a whole week. And I got newbies on the shift. But uh, this is what they're saying. Oh, it's self-defense. This is the guy. This is who he is. He's a fucking full-fledged racist. Um, where is it? Five facts. Uh, let's see. Red SUV seen a rap video that I'm not going to play. He has been a career criminal. Open felony case. Was let off by a Soros judge. He's a Christmas prey attack of identified multi-sources, Daily Brooks, long criminal rap sheet, pedophile. Um, Daryl Edward Brooks was released from Milwaukee County Jail on 1,000 bail earlier this week because of equity and shit. Here's a solace affiliated Milwaukee District Attorney John Chisholm bragging about the abolishing bail and congratulating other Soros DAs. So there's that. Um, Domestic stuff, weed, called himself a rapper stoner, multiple things about fuck Trump, fuck Whitey, fuck the police. I played one of them. Um, Police say 48 people injured, including 18 children, were taken to hospitals. And what NBC News was trying to push is that he was fleeing because he stabbed somebody. 
alleged actor is a convicted pedophile, repeat felon, and self-described black terrorist who preach violence against white people. There's all sorts of lyrics that show that this guy hates whitey. A uh, picture of Malcolm uh, Martin Luther King looking at a black guy. Let me put this picture up. This is Brady. Now, he's going to make a few statements. Ring in as soon as you're ready to guess, Republican or not. All right, Brady, give us our first clue. I think Facebook is evil. Oh, wow. Um, because they're spreading disinformation or because they banned Donald Trump? <laughs> not so easy, is it? <laughs> Maybe we need another hint. I would say you do. I buy all my produce straight from a farm. Because you want to or because you have to? I don't know, Miss Ohio. You the expert. <laughs> Keep going, Brady. I respect pro athletes who stand up for their beliefs. Which athletes? And which beliefs? Who knows? Could be her or him. <laughs> No guesses? Okay, then. Give them the last clue, Brady. God, I hate cops. Okay, he is not a Republican. Oh, sorry. So close. But no, Brady is indeed a Republican. But, but he said he hates cops. Yes, but he was talking about these cops. <laughs> Next round, let's meet our second guest, Lacey. Lacey came here from Manhattan. Uh, New York City or Kansas? I can't say. <laughs> Stop the clock. On Twitter, my pinned tweet is my body, my choice. Uh, okay, that's a trick. She's talking about vaccines, right? Oh, if we only knew. <laughs> Another hint, Lacey. I support Caitlyn Jenner. In what way? <laughs> Politically? Y'all doing great. Doing great. Give us another clue. Okay. My favorite comic is Dave Chappelle. Starting when? <laughs> I love my job. All right, give him another one. Last month, I went to a board meeting and complained about a book being taught in my daughter's school. Okay, I definitely know that one. She's a Republican. No, sorry. What? She was complaining about a book in her kid's school. That's right. And that book, the Bible. You have Bill Maher doing this. Um, we were talking about schools and how boy is an issue in Virginia. The Democrats didn't see it coming. Uh, you can explain it away as ignorance of what CRT is. Here's my problem with it, and I, I want to get your take. CRT means nothing to anybody. They don't know what the acronym stands for. It's really not taught anywhere. You're not even saying the three words that it stands for, and people are already going, CRT is... I don't like it. I don't want it. Well, let's and say what those words are. Critical race theory. Yeah. And the people on the left will mock the ignorance. They're too stupid to know. Yes. Here's the problem. <clears throat> they still get to vote for you. And feel overwhelms facts all the time in elections. That's nothing new. People and, vote on feel. And it's not a phantom either. That's that right. There's something going on in the schools that never went on before. Now, I'm not in schools. <laughs> I have no interaction with children whatsoever. Um, but I do understand this issue because I read accounts 
from parents, from educators, from people, and this is all over the country. If, when you say critical race theory, again, this is the, the, the binary situation we always find ourselves in in this country. If you say that on MSNBC, people think that's a great thing because they're <clears throat> finally teaching an honest history of racism in, a, in this country, which I know no one who is against that. I'm certainly not against that. I think, you know, I remember what my education was with American history. We learned about the Civil War. I mean, they mentioned racism. We understood slavery and Lincoln and blah, blah, blah. Um, but they didn't really go into it any more than Gone with the Wind goes into it. It was there, but you didn't feel it viscerally. Now we're doing that, and I think that's a good thing. People should understand that. That's different than teaching that racism is the essence of America. That's what people get upset about. Or involving children who are probably not old enough or sophisticated enough to understand this very complicated issue with a very complicated history. So it's that you have families, and we saw this resonate in Virginia. Mm. Uh, and I have people on all the time who reject this premise, but we just saw it play out, so it must be real to a lot of people, which is um, you want to make white kids feel about what happened before them and that right. their lives should be a function of making up for it. And I don't want that put on my kid. Yes, people are, kids are taught and sometimes separated into groups, oppressor and oppressed. Again, does a kid even know what those words mean? Would they gravitate toward that if you hadn't told them? I mean, you're taking something that was getting better, race relations in America, and we, I think everyone recognizes, everyone right-thinking in my view, that still a lot of work needs to be done. Remedial efforts need to be taken still. Racism is part of America. But I did a thing one night about progressophobia, which is a term Steven Pinker called, mm -hmm. uh, term, coined, which means somehow liberals got afraid to acknowledge progress. You know, it's two thoughts in your head at the same time. Acknowledge that we have made great progress on all the social issues. Uh, and, and yet there is still more work to be done. We're not saying mission accomplished. It's just saying, let's live in the year we're living in. You can't come up with good solutions unless you're realistic about what the problem is. I mean, it was only like 10 or 20 years ago that no state in America would vote for gay marriage. I mean, it was on the ballot like 35 times. Now it's the law of the land and no one is against it. I mean, when I was a kid, I grew up in New Jersey, which is not a Southern state. And it was a completely white town. Now a vast majority of Americans want to live racially diverse neighborhood. That is a sea change just in my lifetime. Again, not mission accomplished. And we just acknowledge how far we've come and where we are right now. Mm. And the pushback becomes, well, it's just the truth. We're just telling them the truth is that racism I, continues. It's systemic. It's I in everything around that. us. Um, but you have to be taught is everywhere because that's how we remedy it. And otherwise, you're just hiding from the truth. <laughs> that's nuts. It's just it's just silly. It's just virtue signaling. Now, I, I, I mean, here's the problem. You say that all the time. Why aren't you concerned that whether it's HBO or whoever owns them in that minute or your <laughs> audience or some group <laughs> comes and says, Mars said too much. He's got to go. Why aren't you afraid of it? <laughs> I that? do it every week. When, I mean, <laughs> I take the show Friday. It That's called on. Tuesday. Yes, I, exactly. A Friday night and Saturday, some people who haven't seen the show yet say to me, how'd the show go? 
I always say, if I haven't been canceled today, it went fantastic. Then it was a giant success. Of course, but you they, don't change. They, no, they come after me every week for something. I mean, both sides, which I think is great. Maybe that's I, what saves you, I that you have the, both sides coming after you. You know, and that's fairly new because, not because I changed. My politics have not changed. I'm an old school liberal. It's, I mean, we're talking about the race issue. They changed, not me. I was, I was the old, we are, should be moving toward a colorblind society where we don't see race. That's the old way to look at it. I think that's still the good way to look at it. That's how we win. When it doesn't matter what your race is, the quality of your character, not the color of your skin. That's not wokeism. Wokeism, we have to see it everywhere all the time. Mm. That's different. I don't know if that makes it better. But I am, for the first time, when I'm on the road now, playing to very often a politically... Self-defense. It's all self-defense. I just want to keep that picture up. I will put this picture up every fucking time I cover anything going forward. Let a person of the right at a two-way or something put that up. Let them, let them put that up. And I know it's not connected, but we're suppressing everybody saying this is fucking broken. This shit's a disaster. Everything's fucked up. This is what ABC did with the vice president. She weighed in on the sharp rise in inflation, the steep fall in the president's poll numbers, how the administration's Build Back Better plan can address both problems, and I pressed Harris on claims that the president is not giving her a big enough role in his administration. Madam Vice President, thank you for doing this. Good to be with you. Thank you, George. You know that as Americans are feeling pretty sour about the economy as we head into the holidays, it's going to cost more to drive home for Thanksgiving, more to put the turkey on the table, more to buy gifts for the kids at Christmas. What can you do about these high prices? How long is it going to take? But as you know, several people, including Senator Manchin, who could be the key vote on Build Back Better, believe that the bill is actually going to make inflation worse. That's why they're holding back. We had a tough poll for the president this week at ABC News with the Washington Post. Highest disapproval of his presidency shows that most Americans don't think the administration is keeping its promises. How do you explain that and how do you fix it? Eight months ago, the president gave you the job of addressing the root causes of migration. But last month, we learned that in the past year, it had the highest number of illegal border crossings since they started to be recorded in 1960. What are you doing to turn that around? How long will it take? Okay, let's talk about your role now. You know, vice presidents always face chatter about their role and their relevance. You're no exception to that. Even your close friends and allies, like Lieutenant Governor of California, Lenny Kunalakis, have expressed some frustration because they think you can be more helpful than you've been asked to be. Do you share that frustration? What do you say to your friends who are frustrated? So you don't feel misused or underused? Finally, has President Biden told you whether he's going to seek re-election in 2024? You know, there was a time when everything that came out of Trump's White House was a lie. And they called him on it. They didn't let him spin. And I didn't like it to the extent that I was comparing it against what had happened to previous administrations. But these people can lie about everything. The immigration system is broken. They have the most jobs ever. No, they didn't. You broke the economy and shut it off. Of course we got huge job growth. You made the job growth because you closed it all down. Now we're finding out Biden's Build Back Better bill enriches blue states only, just like 
Obama. Drew Holden goes down memory lane. Time to revisit the coverage of Kyle Rittenhouse. The news that he's been acquitted. This is the corporate media. Anthony Huber, 26, was among the victims. He's a great guy. He just... He just justified murder. Fox News host Tucker Carlson just not surprisingly that a teenager arrested in correction of shooting allegedly took up arms and tried to maintain order, which is actually what happened. Suspect in Kenosha killing lionized the police. As right-wing groups increasingly move to confront protests in U.S. cities, demonstrators are assessing how to keep themselves safe. That was the New York Times. All that's lie. MSNBC all of it a lie. I could go through this whole fucking thread. Do I need to go through it? No. You're smart. You know that everything they say is a fucking lie. And then you start seeing it. Buying job approval among adults. Approved 36, disapproved 53. There's like no floor. He is hitting the ground. Then people are doing research. $410 million of Soros money went into the last election. Censor track. 3,000 examples of big tech bias post-election. Because they don't want the truth to get out. Farm Bureau Federation. About how much does a Thanksgiving dinner for 10 costs, according to the American Farm Bureau? Guess their answer is 250 fucking dollars. Oh, no. I'm sorry. 53.31, less than $6 per person. That's what they're saying. That, that's not fucking true. Molly Hemingway, Politico. Voters increased the doubts about the health and mental fitness of President Joe Biden, the oldest man ever sworn in office. Morning concept poll. New political morning concept poll shows just 44% of voters approve of POTUS's job and only 46% say he's mentally fit. 46 a polarity, say he's fucked up. Worrying for the White House, independence have turned on Biden and question his fitness. Peter Baker, only 40% of voters say Biden is in good health. 50% disagreed. The 10-point gap presents a 29-point shift since October 2020 when you guys were propping him up and he was hiding in a basement. Molly Hemingway, apart from corporate media and other Democrat strongholds, huge percentage of Americans worry about Biden's mental health. 67% in a CBS poll. Blame him for inflation. 67%. In the words of Trump, that's huge. That is so fucking huge. That is insanely huge. That's why we're seeing the increased use of race and race hustling, and everybody's racist, and they're going to put you in chains because they got to get you. They got to get you to vote. And how can they make you vote? The only way they can make you vote is to fucking scare you. And then the coup de gras, which I'm going to put up. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. 
Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't catch you slipping up. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. When I started this podcast, I always talked about polls. We now have progressed to social media, Google. Everything's pushing you one way. They don't even report stuff, just like the attack last night. Polling 101, likely voter waiting update. After major election cycles, we always take a look at our voter surveys and we see where we're going to go. Recall, if you will, exit polls from the 2020 election. RCP 2020 data indicated Biden-Harris won approximately 51% of the popular vote, Trump-Pence 47. Media 2020 exit poll data showed voter parties split at Dems 37, GOP 36, unaffiliated 27, plus one Dem. Based upon those above and other factors, I'm right. our likely voter survey weighted in 2021 was initiated as D Dem 38, Republican 36, Independent 26. We considered media exit polls less than reliable, but provided a starting point for internal analysis. We always compare our monthly internal testing with significant actual U.S. election results when available, and here in 2020, we got them. Internally, we've been an unweighted party idea for Democrat Republic as stable, but the unaffiliated voter group has grown. So starting tomorrow, we're going to adjust to Dem 38, R36, Independent 26, prior, new, 35, 33, 32. As you can see, our party weighting remains D plus 2, but unaffiliated voters or independents are picking up six points. How might this impact President Biden's daily job approval? We ran the recent daily results using the new weights, and he apparently loses one point of approval going from 41 to 40. Hardly significant, especially when these hidden weight media polls now have him below 40, and they've weighted it all dim. A prior threat on how weights how among those who still actually disclose party weighting is here for your info, which we will bookmark for next show because that's some good shit there because you can see some actual stuff. And our testing continues, as always, anchored around our daily proprietary survey of U.S. consumers' confidence. CNN 2020 exit poll data, Dems 37, GOP 37, unaffiliated 27. Presidential approved poll survey bases are weighted. RCP 2020 data, Inkley, I'm sorry, based upon the show of other factors, our likely voter LV Surrey weighting in 2020 is initiated. Da, da, da. Today we posted our final LV weighted Trump daily job approval for 1500 national. Trump job approval was 51 with the we wait rate ibd 1430 registered voters weighted d40 r30 trump approval was 42 cnn weighted 3326 indy 41 job approval was 34 wapo 3125 republican 44 independent 38 pew 2020 voter 57 39, independent, 4. Trump was 29. Morning consult. D, 
Dem 41, Republican 30, Independent 29, Approval 34. As you can see, Republican appear benchmark underweighted in most of these non-likely voter polls. Now, why is that important and why am I ending the show on it? Everything's a fucking lie. That's why. They purposely, look at that WAPO. 57.39. That is almost 20 points to Dems. So, of course, Trump was always lower. But they know it works. Just like Rittenhouse. Just like Waukesha now. Just like everything. They are going to lie, influence, slime, not report, under-report, over-report, deflect, and push poll to get any result they can and they're not going to disclose that they're doing 18 points more for Dems. Of course you're going to come out with a Dem verdict. They do this for abortion. They do it for every policy they do. They do it for inflation. They do it for race. They do it for fucking protests. They do it for everything. They are constantly lying. Which brings us to our This Is America. Ooh, that's fucking huge. Here's uh, Jennifer Granholm. Once again, a person has a majority stake in electric car batteries. This is a rap video they did. They fucking hate you. So fool, I reject your rule. We gotta leave you in the ground. I'm out of the door with my foot to the floor. We gotta leave you in the ground. Gasoline, gasoline, you're driving me insane. Gasoline, gasoline, the world's aflame. Gasoline, gasoline. That's why she laughs about the gas. That's why they don't care gas is going up. They're just all fucking liars. Every one of them's a liar. They want to control everything we do, and they're going to deflect the truth so we don't know. You will hear nothing about what happened in Wisconsin last night. They'll still people go on the air and say, hey, uh, our system's broken. We need to fix it. But it's clearly obvious if you live in the right location and you're the right complexion that you can go kill people. It's okay. You can kill people. You can mow them down. He'll be released with little or no bail. They're going to play the angle that 
he was pushed to do it and it's the system and it's all a freaking big conspiracy but Kyle Rittenhouse his life's ruined and what we said on the podcast what people with eyes saw that night you saw a guy with the gun you saw people chasing him You saw it all, and it was quite obvious that what the media was churning out was complete fucking fiction. Because they wanted to win an election. The scariest part about all this is uh, the string of all the lies we've had since 2016. What else don't we know? What don't we know? That's the part that scares me. So this wraps up a very short, well, I guess not that short, hour and a half, episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please share this with your family and friends. Go to foppodcast.com where you can find links to Rumble and SoundCloud to see this show and all previous shows. Disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yes this week is Thanksgiving. I wish every one of you the happiest Thanksgiving. I don't care if they call us a racist. I don't care if they say we shouldn't get together because of COVID. I don't care about any of that. I'll wish my daughter was here, but she doesn't talk to us. My son will be here. We shall have a thanks, thankful dinner. And then sadly, the next day I'll go do Black Friday. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Got to have a job. So to all of you, have a happy Thanksgiving. I hope your table is full of love. Your loved ones are New Year. You enjoy it. Shut off cable news. Don't listen to it. And enjoy a day. I am hoping that I can do the same thing uh, next week. So I'm going to shoot for uh, Saturday, maybe.